When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gareth Southgate, the England manager, under a lot of criticism for maybe being a little bit too conservative in his approach, not attacking enough. They were awful against the United States. Or are we not giving the USA enough credit? Andy Buckley, BBC football commentator, a Manchester City man through and through, but more importantly, just an outstanding gentleman, joins us on the programme. Andy, good evening. Welcome. Good evening, Mark. You okay? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, thank you. Um, I was disappointed by that England result. I, I really do support the England football team and... I probably expected them off the back of the victory over Iran to get the job done, and it ended up being nil all in a pretty drab and dreary performance. And it pretty much sums up the World Cup, doesn't it? Not drab and dreary, far from it. It's been quite exciting, I think. It's been good entertainment, but the unpredictable nature, really, of the World Cup. And I don't think you can go uh, gliding through a tournament if you're going to win it and expect to be uh, perfect in every game. So maybe it was a little bit of a wake-up call that perhaps England needed. Shades of uh, England in the summer when they didn't do, uh, well, New Zealand winter when they didn't do that well in the Nations League, which was obviously a warm-up for this uh, uh, showpiece occasion. But, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Gareth Southgate, very much under the microscope with his selections. And uh, is he going to be Mr. Cautious again and uh, uh, stick to the, well, not tried and trusted? Because I, I think people would question whether people like Mason Mount should be in the team, whether Raheem Sterling should be in the team, and whether he should just gamble a little bit, show more of an instinct for to kill off uh, the opposition. But we're, we're still in the early stages of the tournament. England will get through, no doubt about that. I don't think there's going to be any freak result that lets Wales go through. Uh, and um, it's just all about selection. But I, I think there was a, an air, certainly in England, on Friday when the game took place, early hours Saturday for you, that... Um, after the Iran win that were up and running and then it was a bit of a reality check but there's going to be a lot of um, scrutiny on this game against Wales Phil Foden not being used yet they brought on Jordan Henderson a lot of discussion around that again a very conservative substitution what is it with Phil Foden I know that he hasn't always done the job for England but we know what he's done at Manchester City people want to see this guy play he is there's a lot of commentators said throughout the start of the English Premier League season, build your England team around this guy. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes in adversity, you can find a a successful winning formula. So maybe uh, Southgate will get the message uh, and he will include Foden, uh, hopefully tomorrow. I mean, I'd play Henderson and Rice, to be honest with you, as a pivot uh, in defence to protect the defence. And, and and they can try it out against the USA because England England are going to go through. So try Rice and Henderson, and then have people like Grealish and Foden, and maybe Madison in a more adventurous uh, formation. Even Rashford up front. He's going to play Harry Kane. People are saying, well, leave him out, let him have a rest. Um, but he, I don't think he'd, he'd drop Harry Kane. He won't, well, not drop, but rest him. Uh, but I'd play Madison. I'd play Grealish. I'd play Foden. I'd play Henderson. And um, just show a little bit of initiative and just sort of, rather than this pragmatic, cautious approach that 
that has undone Southgate in the past and could haunt us again this time. Yeah, and you're not going to win it playing that cautious. You're not. There are just too many sides out there. And, yeah, look, I know that defence will ultimately you win your World Cup, but attack will win you a game. And at the moment, you've got to start winning some games. Um, what's the discussion around Trent Alexander-Arnold? Are there people in his corner wanting to see him perhaps play? Because yeah. we know how good he is in terms yeah. of distributing, in terms of um, the entry pass into the area. Yeah, I think, again, I, I just think it's worth taking that uh, chance with him. Um, yeah, he's always got a mistake in him, but then again, Harry Maguire's played, so uh, the, the England defence have got a mistake, and I thought Trippier was a bit disappointed the other night. I'd put Alexander-Arnold in tomorrow. I think it's it's almost I don't, I'm, it's almost a free hit for England tomorrow, and it's a chance, really, to find a winning formula, which is a rarity in a World Cup, that you've got a game that you can afford to just... Not experiment. He knows what he's going to get from these players. I think from a Manchester City fan's perspective regarding Phil Foden, it suddenly is like the weight of the whole of England could be on Foden's shoulders tomorrow if he plays. And if he doesn't measure up to the standards that he's shown repeatedly for Manchester City, as oh, well, he shouldn't have played in. But, and that's not Foden's fault, but it's why, that's why he should have been in, really. So you can afford to have one game where perhaps you're not completely on it and you can still stay in the side but it's almost as though all right here's one chance take it otherwise uh, you're not going to be playing but um, I, I, I do think though I mean it might sound as though I'm being pessimistic here there's a chance that England could win this World Cup because from what I've seen of everybody else so far I don't see any team and forgive the cliche because we are playing in the World Cup but this any world beaters that oh. you're going to think oh I don't want to play them oh, don't I, want to play them I wouldn't want to be playing France to be honest uh, yeah, but, but again, not, um, not not as formidable as as you'd think. And also, if you look back at past winning World Cup teams, um, I'm not sure I'd put the France team of four years ago, and never mind this one, in that category. So yeah, they, they've got they, you know they are one of the favourites, quite rightly so. But uh, England can beat them. Mm, yeah, no, fascinating. Um... We mentioned Harry Maguire there. To be fair to Harry Maguire, I thought he played bloody well, actually, against the United States. Uh, yeah, he did. He did. Uh, but um, it's just not happening for Harry at the moment. But then again, he, he's, he's always got a goal in him. So, yes, you'd have Harry Maguire in, but you might not have him in tomorrow. That's my point, really. Just leave him out and let him uh, let him get fresh for the next two weeks. Because you know, if you're going to go all the way, if you're going to go deep in this tournament... Uh, people like Harry Maguire's fitness, anybody's fitness, is going to have a question mark against it because you know they are prone to to knocks that can keep them out. But uh, yeah, I thought um, he did all right, uh, Harry Kane, the other night. And uh, uh, but a lot of anticipation, a lot of expectation tomorrow. Uh, going to be a massive game. Yeah, how do Wales play this? What are Wales hoping to get out of it? Do they honestly believe they can beat England? And if they are to beat England, how do they do it? What park the bus and then just play the long ball and hope? Do they? Yeah, I think so. And I just think it's the end, though, for a lot of these Welsh players, Gareth Bale, uh, Aaron Ramsey. And I think they're flattered to deceive, to be honest with you. Um, no love lost between the English and the Welsh, uh, as much as anything, because I think the Welsh, I mean, the Welsh border is only 40 miles away from where I'm talking to you. But you go to North Wales, there's a lot of hatred and animosity towards English people. And English people don't feel that towards Welsh people. They haven't, they're not really that bothered. It's a bit like Scotland, really. Just get on with your own football. But Wales, for some reason, like Scotland, seem to be preoccupied with what England are doing. Um, and 
Yeah, I, I, I think Wales. I think they've almost resigned really to going out because I don't. I just don't think that they're going to get the result that they're looking for. Um, I just. I think that their defining moment was Iran. Uh, the other the other day, and of course the Iran USA game as well has got its own intrigue in terms of the, the subplot because of the the politics that are involved in it. And uh, I saw a report this morning saying that Iran of uh, the Iranian flag, the USA on the social media post have removed the uh, the the the, um, the logo from the Iran flag. So uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, um, should we say rivalry, to put it mildly, between those two countries? Yeah, that's not good enough, though. Uh, you know, bastardising or meddling with the nation's flag, I think that's just unacceptable. But anyway, it is what it yeah. is. It adds. To, it's, it's just another yeah. little subplot, isn't it? It's part of the narrative. Um, so yeah. so what, what is the minimum requirement against Wales? Will 1-0 be enough? Um, what, what, what's, what, what, what's a pass mark yeah. for England to maybe ease people's fears a little bit and... I don't think I don't think we could read too much into it. Into it, I think the pass mark is to get through, to win the group, and then to look forward to uh, what is it, Ecuador or Senegal potentially in uh, the last sixteen. And it doesn't matter whether it's one 0 I think England have just got to win really and put together a performance that uh, um, you know just gives us with a little bit of confidence going into the knockout stages, which is when a lot of people say that's when the World Cup really gets going when you get to the, the kind of cut and thrust of. Uh, the knockout tournament. Although, having said that, I think it's been quite refreshing, really, to see some of the uh, performances from the likes of Saudi Arabia and Japan and everything. It's quite heartening, really, because it hasn't been as predictable. Even and some of the the, the big guns, you know, France aside. But if you think of Germany, Spain last night weren't as convincing as perhaps people thought they were going to be. Um, you know, never write off the Germans is one of the headlines in the English newspapers today. Uh, you can't write them off. Brazil. Argentina have been uh, poor, very poor indeed, I think. Uh, Messi going to into Miami, by all accounts, with Phil Neville as his manager, Mark. There you go. That's a, a thought, isn't it? That's uh, trending on Twitter in England this morning, the fact that Phil Neville, ex-Manchester United, football journeyman, having won the Champions League, having won the Premier League X number of times, uh, managing Lionel Messi and potentially Busquets, who's supposed to be on his way there as well. To, yeah, to oh, well, that's, that's the influence of David Beckham, isn't it? I'd imagine the amount of money that Qatar are playing David Beckham, he probably afford to pay Messi sort of world-class international wages, can't he? I'd imagine they will sell an awful lot of shirts in Florida, in Miami. Um, to, look, just, be, just just moving away from the World Cup. So, in this, so we've got these Premier League sides. A lot of them clearly have a lot of players on international duty. What what are they doing during this period, though? What what, what are the clubs doing? Um, are they active training? What's the responsibility on those players that well, are not involved at the World Cup? Yeah, holidays, I think, basically. Uh, my son was in uh, Dubai last week playing golf and he flew back to Manchester on Saturday and he said the Stoke City team were on the plane. In economy class, by the way, with him. Uh, and Mikel Arteta and Phil Jagielka. Arteta, of course, the Arsenal manager. Uh, Jagielka plays for Brentford now. Uh, no, he doesn't. He's Sorry, I'm getting mixed up with Ben Mee. But... Um, uh, they were in uh, duty-free at Dubai Airport. So I think uh, a lot of people have been playing, um, uh, have been having holidays, and I think they're back this week, really. I think it's, it's sort of, well, you've had a break, uh, you've had a couple of weeks off, and three weeks on Thursday, Manchester City, Liverpool in the League Cup. Pep Guardiola was playing in a, a I played golf on Friday, and a mutual friend of ours was playing golf with Tommy Fleetwood and Pep Guardiola in a pro-am in Dubai, um, the week last Thursday it had been so Pep's been having a bit of a break they've all been having a break I think 
Uh, one big date in the calendar, though, Mark, is, is, is uh, tomorrow evening for you, tonight. Sorry, tomorrow morning for you, tonight for us. And that's the draw for the third round of the FA Cup. Of course. Which has always been, traditionally, is always, and even since I was a kid, which is a long, long time ago, it's always been a date. I, mean, I used to listen to the radio and it would be on at 12.30, English time, lunchtime. Uh, but it's now on, on telly at uh, 7 o'clock our time tonight. And, you know, Liverpool are in there with a non-league team. So uh, it, it, it's one of those magical days, really, in the English football calendar. Yeah, well, I mean, so what are the likelihood? So will the top clubs get the lower league clubs or can it be a little bit like the Caribou Cup where you could still end up getting a Manchester City? You can get anybody. You can yeah. get anybody. Well, no, Liverpool's luck like, will probably end up. Life. Yeah, no, Liverpool's luck like, will probably end up getting an Arsenal or a Chelsea or somebody. Well, yeah, City and actually three weeks on Thursday is uh, the return of the uh, English game. Manchester City against Liverpool got the ticket last Thursday, and it's virtually sold out. Fifty-five thousand, um, which mm. is five thousand so from Liverpool, just up the East Langs Road, um, thirty miles away. So. Um, you know, and we're counting down towards that. We're, we're close to December, aren't we? It's amazing how quickly it, uh, it, it, it comes round. Are you going to take your box of tissues? <laughs> well, Liverpool, <laughs> of course, are the, the, the holders of the Carabao Cup, aren't they? Yeah, the I look, I, 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 I've got to be honest. Without I, scoring a goal. I've got to be honest. I'm not overly confident. Uh, I, I, I think we've got more of a chance, to be honest, beating um, Real Madrid in the Champions League round of 16 than we have of beating Manchester City in the Caribou Cup. Yeah, well, I don't know. You don't know what teams are going to put out that night because they're just on the cusp of a, uh, a busy Christmas and New Year that, that ends with that third round of the FA Cup. Interesting, really, with Kevin De Bruyne's story as well because, you know, he's slated... Uh, he did an interview in the Guardian newspaper on Saturday, very candid, talking about his frustrations, watching his team when he's injured on TV and how he'll get angry about it. And a lot of City fans sort of uh, resonated with that because he feels the passion, he feels the pain when it doesn't quite go his way. But he slagged off basically his own Belgian team mm. by saying that we're too old to win the World Cup, which is not exactly the kind of uh, PR that Belgium press office would like in the middle of the World Cup. But uh, maybe he's speaking the truth, but... Uh, I think the the the, uh, the Belgian press have really uh, gone in for it. Well, they lost um, they lost to, two, they lost two 0 to Morocco though. There might be some merit in it. Maybe it's maybe that's might just what he needed to say to maybe get this team to yeah turn it around. Because let's be honest, they've been ranked the number one side in the world, haven't they? Sort of in and out over the last four or yeah. five years. Yeah, yeah, they have. But also, De Bruyne has not done it, so he's and it, but he held his hands up. So it's almost as though he's a bit disinterested with it. It's almost mm. as though he, he can't. Uh, he just can't get worked up about it, which seems absolutely peculiar to say that, bearing in mind that we were watching, you know, the biggest tournament in the world, and it still is. It's still the biggest tournament in the world. Andy Buckley, lovely having you on the programme. Uh, look, uh, good luck to England against Wales, uh, Wednesday morning New Zealand time, uh, Tuesday night UK time. Lovely having you on the show as always. Cheers, thank you. Andy Buckley there, out of the UK, out of Manchester, Manchester City fan, does a lot of commentary for the Manchester City games for the BBC. I was lucky enough to work with Andy at the World Games this year in Alabama in the States. World Games, if people are not familiar, basically the Olympic Games for non-Olympic sports. If you want to become an Olympic sport, you generally have to go through the World Games. Does not get a lot of coverage here in New Zealand, but very, very big overseas. Now, 